you will take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts chapter 2. Upgrade, and this is the second of three sermons. Uh, uh, as we looked at our picture from last week, the slide that talks about how we have upgraded, certainly over the years from the first telephone to what we now have and carry around in so many versions and varieties called cell phone. And not only have we seen this upgrade, but we are, as a matter of fact, about every two years I get a notice saying it's time for your upgrade because we have something new, does more, quicker, faster, and costs more money. And I go, okay, they wanted my money. But the upgrades, they do upgrade things. And there's so many things out there now that have more capacity and capability. Connection is important. So they figure out ways to connect more efficiently, more effectively. Uh, with this, again, with this, with this BlackBerry, we can, we can text people. You know, I can, I can put in something and text someone, and it's, it's like I can send it to 15 people with a push of a button without ever talking to anyone. I, I can email and say what I got to say, and it doesn't matter what they have to say because I'm through. I've pushed a button, it's gone. Facebook, we can shoot those one-liners about what's happening today and what's going on. And uh, I saw one great Facebook this past week where uh, a dear wife asked to be just to pray for her husband because of the job he has and the, perhaps now the little more dangerous aspect to his job. I thought, well, that's neat. So we can communicate amazingly. And the truth is, we can communicate without ever seeing anybody. Now, guys, that's a little frightening. We can communicate without ever hearing someone's emotion or sense their heart. The church is dependent on connection. I'm in connection. Now, there's nothing wrong with texting and emailing because I've, I've become really, uh, the Facebook, I'm kind of enjoying it and it's good. It is all good. But it's not all sufficient. At the touch of a button, I don't know about you, in our high-tech culture of, of communication, I don't know about you, it creates a little stress for me because I've actually tried to call someone and all of a sudden I'm overwhelmed with a series of questions I'm not quite ready for. Do you want to speak English or Spanish? Punch, punch one or two. And then they say, and do you want to do this? Punch two or this? Punch three? Punch four? See, I don't know what the menu is, so now I'm beginning to panic. I'm going, well, what are all my options? And then I'm thinking... Once they get through, I forgot what my option was. And then I realized if I push the wrong button, I start all over. A little more than I want to do, quite honestly. There's days I would just like to talk to a person. But here's where we are. Let's talk about the church for a minute. Because the church never needs to be like the world. We can use the things that the world has to benefit what we do, but we need to be who we are as God designed us. And he's designed us specifically to connect. We can say this about our society. It is faster than it's ever been in communication and connection. It is more efficient than it's ever been, but is also more impersonal than it's ever been. And one thing must be central in the church today. We must be personal. 
We can't afford to experience the isolation that's becoming very uh, obvious in our culture. We isolate, we insulate. We can go through a business day without ever talking to anyone personally if we choose to. So, what does the church do? How do we upgrade our connection in a world that's trying to communicate efficiently and fast, but not necessarily personally? And how do we do what we're supposed to do that would bring us the growth we desire and the glory that God requires? The book of Acts, I think, holds a key for us to pay attention to today. Life-changing connections require periodical upgrade. And that's not, the church is no exception. Our life-changing connections need to be upgraded from time to time. We need to find out where we are, evaluate where we are, and how we can do it better and different. So let's look together at, at a great pattern found in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 44. All the believers, all, not some, not a few, all. That means all those who were saved the day of Pentecost, those 3,000 plus those that were added to the church, that all of them had somehow connected. They didn't have active and inactive. They all connected. And so as they all connected, look what he says. Uh, all the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone who has he had need. They were working together. They were ministering to one another. That's what that means. Every day, look at this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Now, that's they went their prayer times, okay? Part of the culture and part of their, their, their belief system, all right? Now, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Sincere hearts. A heart that is authentic and open and honest. They sit down together and they talked about the reality of their lives, the authenticity of their burdens and their blessings. Their life was an open book. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Every day, he was adding to the number of believers. I don't know about you, that sounds like a pretty good pattern. Wouldn't it be great to have people saved seven days a week? I kind of would like that. What did that? What kind of connection would cause that to happen? Now, I begin to think about this and realize if we really want to make a difference and be all that God wants us to be at First Baptist Lindale, there's some things we need to consider, some things we need to evaluate, and some things we need to grow in. First and foremost is together we need to, uh, to open our door to hospitality. Do you see that basically every day they were demonstrating hospitality toward believers? You remember when Pentecost came, it was people from all over to come to be a part of the festival uh, and what was taking place. Uh, probably 15 nations were represented with different cultures and different backgrounds and different way of doing things. And yet when the, when the Spirit of God came and they, uh, Peter preached and they were converted, you had all this diversity had to come together. And what they were doing was they were sharing with one another on a daily basis. They were talking to one another. They were connecting. And all of a sudden, their culture had changed in the sense of the church was unusual. It wasn't operating in the norm of their culture. It was operating in the norm of the kingdom of God, which is how we're supposed to live. And so when looking at this, they, 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 they begin to experience hospitality. Uh, God wants us to be a community of believers that interact 
personally and engage meaningfully in the lives of people. It's not about just showing up and saying, we've been to church on Sunday, we've done our job. No, you haven't done your job if that's all you've done. It's a good start. We do our job, and I say that in our, our purpose, when we connect with other people. When somehow we bring them into the sense of belonging, they belong, we belong, we belong together, we belong to each other. And in the process, there's something that takes place dynamic in the body of Christ that the world longs for. You see, as the world on the outside looked in, they saw what was happening with these believers. They said, we want to know more about why you do what you do. The church needs to learn. We need to have an open door for people. Now, let me just simply say this. Is, is, uh, before there were buildings and baptismals and budgets, there was a kitchen and a table in the church. While they went to the temple, the main work was taking place in small groups. We have small groups called Sunday school, and that is awesome. That's where you develop relationships, make connection. But that's not going to be enough if we're going to do what God wants us to do. We're talking about discipleship on Sunday nights in the future where we come together. Now, if you're thinking, I need more information, no, we don't need more information. We're the most informed Christians that's ever lived. We don't need more information. We need to figure out how to, to do and put our information into action. So we need to be disciple that we may disciple. We get the tools to go outside the four walls and accomplish the kingdom purpose. So we don't need to know more. My goodness, we need to use what we know. Uh, but, but in the process, it's going to take small groups. I'm convinced it's going to take people opening their homes to meet with three or four people and disciple them over a period of time. And say, let's spend some time together. Let's pray together. Let's cry together. Let's laugh together. Let's spend some time together. Uh, it may take uh, actually having some home Bible studies. Uh, we're seeing phenomenal, amazing things. I'm amazed at the women in our church. They, they have Bible studies, and we have women show up at our house and Santa Cooper's house, and others have opened their home and said, come over and let's, let's eat something together and study the Bible together and begin to pray for one another and love one another. And I've watched this dynamic explode incredibly to where we'll have... Uh, Sometimes the variety of homes, anywhere from 30 to 50 women meeting, coming together, which tells me there's a need for this. Now, all of them are involved in Sunday school. Sunday school, we need Sunday school. But that's not enough. You see, they were doing this stuff daily. They were doing stuff because they were coming together because what we understand is we need this in our own growth. We need to be connected to one another. And we need to understand that. Uh, it's how they grew together in love and, and, and fellowship and community. The church is not about buildings. It's about people. Buildings are nice. But the whole purpose of church is to get outside the four walls and be the church. Monday through Saturday. Show up on Sunday and have a good time celebrate what he's done. I'm going to talk about the buildings next week. I'm excited about the possibilities of how we're going to deal with our buildings in the future and be responsible stewards. In our, in our meeting next Sunday night on Upgrade, we're going to talk about our facilities and our social ministries, both crucial to who we are and what we do. And you need to be here for that. Great discussion last week, awesome discussion on discipleship and worship. And I, but now we, we're not through. That's only halfway. 
So don't, don't miss the second half. But here's what I want you to know. We, we got to figure out how to really connect. And we open our homes. We invite people. You say, well, I don't want people. Uh, take them to a restaurant. If you don't bring them home, take them to a restaurant. Go somewhere and eat. Sit around the table. I am, here's what, in all my years of ministry, let me tell you what I do know. I have benefited more from sitting around a table at a restaurant or around a dozen of Krispy Kreme donuts than anything else I've imagined. You know, when you start feeding people sugar, they'll tell you anything. They'll just start talking about all kinds of stuff. Listen, Jesus did this. He, when Zacchaeus was trying to get a sneak peek of who he was, he said, I want to come eat with you today. We're going to sit around a table and talk. We cannot accomplish all God wants us to accomplish inside these four walls. Please hear me. If you think you can, you're living in a, with an illusion. Maybe in the 50s, we did a lot inside four walls. Maybe in the 60s, we did pretty good. But it started changing in the 70s. And now in the 21st century. And it's time we become a church without walls. Through social ministry, through missions. I'm hearing some good things. I like what I'm hearing. But every time I sit down with people, I'm encouraged. When we sit down and talk, and I minister to people, I try to take someone out to eat once a week. I, I try to spend time with someone outside the, these four walls. Man, invite somebody to play golf with you, go to the races with you, do, but invest in people. Just sit down and talk and get to know them. Uh, meet them for a cup of coffee. You ain't got to have a full meal. Invite them over to your house. You ain't got to cook a full meal. Have, have cake or pie or ice cream. Watermelon, I don't know. Just invite people to become a part of your life because there is a need for us to connect more than on Sunday morning if we're going to get through the challenges and the battles that we face. We need each other. We belong to each other. And so I would encourage you to figure out how you can do that, 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 that you, could, you could do that. Jesus did so much around the table. He established a lot of relationships around the table. So as we see this, Let's understand that. I, I had a, 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 a couple invited Sean and I out to eat the other night for pastor appreciation. It was a very gracious act. I, every time I meet with this guy, of course, it's Alan and Luann, and, and they're dear friends. But I learn something from Alan every time we meet. I learn something about his life, what's going on. I learn something about spiritual life. I learn something about church life because he'd been very involved as, as a pastor and, and as a doctor. He interacts with people. Here's what I know. I was listening to him talk, and he just shared one of the greatest things I, I've ever heard. He talked about how we can do missions as a church. And basically, if every Sunday school class did a, a, a mission project once a quarter, and we'd come back and share what God was doing, that would get us outside these four walls, folks. And he said, I'll be in charge of that. I mean, I, I thought, oh, this is a God thing, and we're going to take a long look at that. Barry told me... Give me some ideas about Wednesday nights in the summer. Guys, somewhere we got to break out of the norm and get outside the box to do what God wants us to do. Because he will show himself large and able if we will. He will show up and say, now let me tell you what I can do with you now that you've kind of stepped outside the box. Here's what we're going to do. And so we look at this. We go, here's what we need to know. We need to become a church. Without walls. Buildings don't reach people. People do. And there's a need in our congregation for connection. Let me show you how that works. Honestly, 
as you look around our, our auditorium today, you've got to say there's some people I don't know. There's some people I don't know. I don't know those people. I don't know those people. How many of you, say, how many of you would say there's somebody here I don't know? Raise your hand. What you going to do about it? I mean, really? Are we going, oh, I'm never going to know them? No, they're part of the body of Christ. You got a foot over here you need to know because you're the hand and y'all kind of need to work together. Somewhere we got to say, I need to know some people. They've been coming for a long time. I don't know them. Get to know them. What would happen one Sunday if we decided we'd sit with somebody we didn't know rather than sit in our favorite place? Outside of chaos. <laughs> oh, I don't know what I'm going to do now. I don't sing as well when I sit on one side versus the other. I don't, you know. We need to be intentional. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We're a community. We're a family. We're a household. We're a body. We need to get to know each other. Uh, we do. Because if I don't know you, I don't know how to work with you. I don't know how to pray for you. I don't, I don't know how to minister with you. I don't know what you bring to the table. Now, we're trying to put some things together and get a church uh, survey together on abilities. We're trying to put a lot of things together to get to know one another better. But the truth is, on Sunday, when you walk those doors, you want to say, God, help me go talk to somebody I don't know and shake their hand and just say hey to them and introduce myself to them. Because we're part of the same body. And we're trying to glorify God in what we do. And the tragedy is perhaps a lot of people, because let's be honest, we, you know, we, if you've been here a while, you got your friends. And, you know, that's great. you got your friends. And, and we like our friends. And if we're not careful, we don't let anybody else in our friend circle. That's wrong. We need to ever, always be ever widening our circle of relationships to include more people. So I, I say that in understanding, here's what I want you to do. I, I want you to realize that, that we need to minister to one another and get to know one another. And you've got to do that around a table. You know why a table is a great place to do it? Because in a worship service, you're looking at the back of people's heads. You can't tell much about somebody from the back of their head. But let me look at their face. I can tell you a lot about them. When, I, when, I, when I'm watching them, just we're eating together and talking, you can learn a lot about somebody. We have got to become more upgraded in our connection process here. If we're going to do what all God wants us to do, we can't stay where we are. We're a little out of date. We're a little behind the times. And so we need to kind of say, what is it going to take? Find somebody you don't know and start getting to know them. You say, that's hard, Pastor. I'm not comfortable with that. I understand all that. But we're the body of Christ. We operate by grace. And so let's get to know one another. Spend some time with people you don't know. And begin to grow together. Because we're going to need that in the days ahead. I'm not so sure God's allowing this economy thing to happen that the church may be become more aware of what's really important and what really isn't. And some of the stuff we think we got to have, we may not really need to do God's work. And we may need to rediscover that. Open the door of hospitality. Get to know somebody that may need just somebody. You never know how you're going to minister by just saying, I want, let's go with me by lunch. Let's, let's, you know, hey, there's some days I'm so blessed I eat two or three lunches. I do. I got them stacked up sometimes. So we can go. I can go Tuesday. Oh, man, oh, I got somebody on Tuesday. Right, we'll go. We'll go at 1 o'clock. Where's the, where's the old leaves back there? I wear Shane's out. Man, I go to Shane's every week with somebody. Don't I? I'm there all the time. I'm taking people to lunch. 
Sometimes I'm just hanging around the afternoon eating. But I get to know people. Guys, we got to get there. All right, move on. Let me move on. Together, we need to open our heart to the hurting. There's more hurt than I can calculate. This morning, when I went around talking to people and shaking hands, I can't tell you what all I heard. In a process of 10 minutes, I heard about a wayward child, a bad diagnosis, a burdened heart, a concerned spouse, a matter of 10 minutes. I said, how's it going? Tell me. I looked at them and said, tell me, how you doing? And they began to tell me. Wow. Got to open a heart to the hurting. Now, I know hurting is sometimes, we don't like to look at hurt. We, 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 we by nature, look away from it. We kind of glance at it and look away. The body of Christ says we should look hurt square in the face and minister to it. We did that with the clothing giveaway. What I, you know, the thing that was great is our women looked people in the eye. And showed them they had value. Wow. You got to look hurt in the face. In Luke 7, there's something very significant Jesus says. Luke 7, verse 44. He's gone to uh, the Simon, the Pharisee's house. Simon invited him to eat, invited his buddies over. And an unexpected guest showed up. It was a woman who had been a, a real big sinner in the community. Our reputation had preceded her. And so she comes in because she's heard Jesus is there and and they're reclining at the table again. Hey, they're eating. Uh, As the tradition would be, their feet are away from the table as they recline. And and she comes by and begins to anoint his feet and cry and and just amazingly just, just ministering to him. And Simon and his buddies are offended. And they kind of get bent out of shape. And if you catch the picture, because number one, it was a woman, they wouldn't look at her. And number two, they really were embarrassed that she was in the room. Watch. Look what Jesus did. Verse 44. Then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? What a question. Do you see this woman? The answer from Simon, no, I hadn't really looked at her. What Jesus was saying is you need to take a long look at this woman. Look at the countenance of her face. You'll understand why she's here. I want to ask you a question. Who did you see today when you came through those doors? Oh, really? Who did you really see? Not who you spoke to. Who did you see? Who did you look at? And see, what did you observe in the countenance of someone's face today? Ah, eyes tell a lot. What did you feel in the handshake or the hug that you gave out? Who did you see today that really you knew were hurt? You know, they're hurting. And here's the thing, you probably sensed they were hurting, and, and maybe they told you they were hurting. Then I want to ask you, what have you done about it? What are you going to do about it? You're going to go home and pretend it didn't happen? That's the easy thing to do. And the truth is, that's what we kind of choose to do sometimes. 
because we're busy and we're tired. And, but what if we started saying, look, I, I couldn't help but notice you were hurting the other day. Why don't you come over to the house? Let's pray together and talk. Or let me meet you for a cup of coffee. Or, man, let's go to Shane's Rib Shack. This is church. This is how church works. It's great that we come together and worship. I love what we do. I love our choir. I appreciate Kevin. I, I love it when you guys come and sing. That's awesome. It fires me up. Man, it moves my soul. It wants me to preach. It, it makes me want to preach two or three hours, but y'all wouldn't sit here that long. Or would you? Y'all are quiet. <laughs> Thank you. But that's not all the work we got to do. We gotta be we gotta be connecting with one another. And when there's hurt, we connect and begin to help and we pray for one another and we meet and and, and we, we, we begin to establish that. We need to upgrade our connection. Have someone over at your house, take them to a restaurant, watch a ball game together. Invite someone to special family events. Now I listen, who do you see? At Christmas time we have people in our congregation that are all alone. That just shouldn't be. That just shouldn't be. We're a body of Christ. We got people that, that, that have no family here. Maybe they've moved from somewhere else. Or and Thanksgiving's going to be a lonely day for them. So let's, why don't we say, why don't you come to my house? We got plenty of turkey. This is what the first church did that gained the attention of the unchurched. And the unchurched says, you know, I've never seen anything like this. We belong to each other. We need to break down the walls of isolation and touch the lonely and the hurting. They're all around us. I talked to five of them this morning. And what am I going to do? See, I got the, I got the same thing. What am I going to do now, Lord? I've got five people that I've talked to today. What am I going to do with that? Well, that's somebody telling me it's probably 12 o'clock. That was somebody saying, amen. You got to love it. Uh, it's good to laugh together. Some years back, a reporter covering the conflict in Sarajevo saw a little girl shot by a sniper. Bullet went through her head and took off pretty much part of the back of her head. The reporter stopped being a reporter, threw down his pad, recorder, and ran over to a man who had clutched this girl in his arms and crying for help. The reporter comes, come on, get in my car. Let's get her to the hospital as quick as we can. They, 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 the man got in the car with the reporter. They were taking off. He said, hurry, please hurry, please hurry. She's still alive. The reporter was mashing the gas, has been trying to get through the traffic, get where he could. A moment or two later, the man clutching this child. Hurry, hurry, my friend. My child is still breathing. My child is still breathing. He's hurrying the more. Hurry, hurry, my friend. She's still warm. My child is still warm. Porter's frantically trying to get to the hospital. The hospital's in sight. The man says, hurry, hurry, my friend. My child's getting cold. Child died. Nothing can be done. The reporter in this manner in the, in, the, in the men's room washing the blood off their hands. And the man who had been clutching the child said, 
I hate what I've got to do next. And the reporter said, what do you mean? He said, I've got to go tell this child's father that his daughter's dead. And the reporter was stunned by this. He said, I thought you were the father. The way you were clutching her and you kept saying, my child, my child, I, I just thought you were the father. He said, no, I'm not the father. But then he said something quite remarkable. But aren't they all our children? The hurting belonged to all of us, folks. The lonely. And the body of Christ belonged to all of us. If we come and sit, sing some songs and hear a message, and that's all we do with the week, we've missed our connection. All we have. You want to fill this place up twice and go to a third service? I, don't, I want to. We're going to have to upgrade our connection. But won't it be great to see what God will do and the lives He will heal as we not only share the message of the cross, we live out the message of the cross by denying ourselves and take up our cross and follow Him. In everything we offer, don't forget to offer hope.